33. Gia Foundry. The name Lobritoni was given by the Norman settlers of the 12th century to its ferry across the estuary of the Neath where Archbishop Baldwin and Geraldus crossed in 1188, and which is still used, but the Welsh name of the town from at least the 16th century has been Lansall, Brittany, or Britney, Bretigny, known as Armorica QV until the influx of Celts from Britain, an ancient province and duchy of France, consisting of the northwest peninsula and nearly corresponding to the departments of Finister, Côtes du Nord, Morbihan, Ilet-Vilain and Lower Loire. It is popularly divided into Upper or Western, and Lower or Eastern Brittany. Its greatest length between the English Channel and the Atlantic Ocean is 250 kilometers about 155 English miles, and its superficial extent is 30.000 square kilometers about 18.630 English square meters. It comprises two distinct zones, a maritime zone and an inland zone. In the center there are two plateaus, partly covered with lands, and productive moorland. The southern plateau is continued by the Montagnese Noirs, and the northern is dominated by the Monstery. These ranges nowhere exceed 1150 feet in height, but from their wild nature they recall the aspect of high mountains. The waterways of Brittany are for the most part of little value owing to their torrent-like character. The only river basin of any importance is that of the Vilaine, which flows through Rennes. The coast is very much indented, especially along the English Channel, and is rocky and lined with reefs and islets. The mouths of the rivers form deep estuaries. Thus nature itself condemned Brittany to remain for a long time shut out from civilization. But in the 19th century the development of railways and other means of communication drew Brittany from its isolation. In the 19th century also agriculture developed in a remarkable manner. Many of the lands were cleared and converted into excellent pasturage, and on the coast market gardening made great progress. In the fertile districts cereals too are cultivated. Industrial pursuits, except in a few seaport towns, which are rather French than Breton, have hitherto received but little attention. The Bretons are by nature conservative. They cling with almost equal attachment to their local customs and their religious superstitions. It was not till the 17th century that paganism was even nominally abolished in some parts, and there is probably no district in Europe where the popular Christianity has assimilated more from earlier creeds, witchcraft and the influence of fairies are still often believed in. The costume of both sexes is very peculiar both in cut and color, but varies considerably in different districts. Bright red, violet and blue are much used, not only by the women, but in the coats and waistcoats of the men. The reader will find full illustrations of the different styles in Boyd's Brayi Zizzle, Uvidus Brayi on Stiller Moric 1844. The Celtic language is still spoken in Lower Brittany. For dialects are pretty clearly marked see the article Celt, language, Breton, page 328. Nowhere has the taste for marvelous legends been kept so green as in Brittany, and an entire folk literature still flourishes there as is manifested by the large number of folk tales and folk songs which have been collected of late years. The whole duchy was formerly divided into nine bishoprics, Rennes, Dahl, Nance, St. Malou and St. Briac, in Upper Brittany and Tregier, Vans, Quimper and St. Paul de Leon in Lower. History of Brittany before the coming of the Romans we have no exact knowledge. The only traces left by the primitive populations are the megalithic monuments Dolmens, Menthiers and Cromlechs which remain to this day in great numbers see stone monuments. In 56 BC the Romans destroyed the fleet of the Venti, and in 52 the inhabitants of Armorica took part in the great insurrection of the Gauls against Caesar. 
but were subdued finally by him in 51. Roman civilization was then established for several centuries in Brittany. In the 5th century numbers of the Celtic inhabitants of Britain, flying from the Angles and Saxons, emigrated to Armorica, and populated a great part of the peninsula, converted to Christianity. The newcomers founded monasteries which helped to clear the land, the greater part of which was barren and wild. The Celtic immigrants formed the counties of Vannes, Cornwall, Leon and Domnani. A powerful aristocracy was constituted, which owned estates and had them cultivated by serfs or villains. The Celts sustained a long struggle against the Frankish kings, who only nominally occupied Brittany. Louis the Pious placed a native chief Nomino at the head of Brittany. There was then a fairly long period of peace, but Nomino rebelled against Charles the Bald, defeated him, and forced him, in 846, to recognize the independence of Brittany. The end of the 9th century and the beginning of the 10th were remarkable for the invasions of the Northmen. On several occasions they were driven back by Salomon D. 874 and afterwards by Elaine, Count of Vance D. 907 but it was Elaine Barbitore D. 952 who gained the decisive victory over them. In the second half of the 10th century and in the 11th century the Counts of Rennes were predominant in Brittany. Geoffrey, son of Conan, took the title of Duke of Brittany in 992. Conan I.I., Geoffrey's grandson, threatened by the revolts of the nobles was attacked also by the Duke of Normandy afterwards William I of England, Elaine Fergent, one of his successors, defeated William in 1085, and forced him to make peace, but in the following century the Plantagenets succeeded in establishing themselves in Brittany, Conan I.D., defeated by the revolted Breton nobles, appealed to Henry I.I. of England, who, in reward for his help, forced Conan to give his daughter in marriage to his son Geoffrey, thus Henry I.I became master of Brittany, and Geoffrey was recognized as Duke of Brittany, but this new dynasty was not destined to last long. Geoffrey's posthumous son, Arthur, was assassinated by John of England in 1203, and Arthur's sister Alex, who succeeded to his rights, was married in 1212 to Pierre de Drew, who became Duke. This was the beginning of a ducal dynasty of French origin, which lasted till the end of the 15th century. From that moment the ducal power gained strength in Brittany and succeeded in curbing the feudal nobles. Under French influence civilization made notable progress. For more than a century peace reigned undisturbed in Brittany. But in 1341 the death of John I.I.I., without direct heir, provoked a war of succession between the houses of Blois and Montfort, which lasted till 1364. This war of succession was, in reality, an incident of the Hundred Years' War. The partisans of Blois and Montfort supporting respectively the kings of France and England. In 1364 John of Montfort D. 1399 was recognized as Duke of Brittany under the style of John Ivy, but his reign V.04 P.0618 was constantly troubled, notably by his struggle with Olivier de Clisson 1336-1407, John V. D. 1442, on the other hand, distinguished himself by his able and pacific policy. During his reign and the reigns of his successors, Francis I. Peter I.I., and Arthur I.I.I., the ducal authority developed in a remarkable manner. The dukes formed a standing army, and succeeded in levying hearth taxes fouges throughout Brittany. Francis I.I., 1435-1488 fought against Louis's I, notably during the War of the Public Wheel, and afterwards engaged in the struggle against Charles V.I.I., known as, the Mad War, Loguerre Falla, after the death of Francis I.I. The King of France invaded Brittany, and forced Francis's daughter, Anne of Brittany, 
to marry him in 1491. Thus the reunion of Brittany and France was prepared, after the death of Charles VII, and married Louis XII, Francis I who married Claude, the daughter of Louis XII, and and settled the definitive annexation of the duchy by the contract of 1532, by which the maintenance of the privileges and liberties of Brittany was guaranteed, until the revolution Brittany retained its own estates, the royal power, however, was exerted to reduce the privileges of the province as much as possible. It often met with vigorous resistance, notably in the 18th century. The struggle was particularly keen between 1760 and 1769, when the aide de Duplessis Richelieu, Duc de had to fight simultaneously the estates and the parliament, and had a formidable adversary in El Ordesi de Localotis. But under the monarchy the only civil war in Brittany in which blood was shed was the revolt of the Duc de Mercer de 1602 against the crown at the time of the troubles of the League a revolt which lasted from 1589 to 1598. Mention, however, must also be made of a serious popular revolt which broke out in 1675, the revolt of the stamped paper, see Bertrand Bergenter, Histoire de Bretigny Paris, 1586, Dom Lobino, Histoire de Bretigny Paris, 1702, Dom Morris, Histoire de Bretigny 1742-1756, T.H. Rollope, A Summer in Brittany 1840, a du Chatelier, L'Agriculture et Elles Classes Agricoles de la Bretigny 1862, F.M. Liesel, Legends Crédience de la Basse Bretigny Paris, 1881, Anvalise Bretons Paris, 1879, A. Depuy, La Union de la Bretigny et la France Paris, 1880, and Aude sur l'Administration Municipale en Bretigny au XVIIIE Cycle 1891, J. Love. L'immigration bretonne en armoric du VOVIIE cycle Rennes, 1883, H. Duclusieu, Bretigny artistique et pedresque Paris, 1886, Arthur de la Borderie, Histoire de Bretigny Rennes, 1896 Sec, J. Le Revolte du Papier Tambourou des Bonnets Rouges en Bretigny en 1675-1898, M. Marion, Le Bretigny et le Duc d'Aiguille en Paris, 1898, B. Pocket. Duc d'Aiguillon et localotis Paris, 1900-1902, Anatole Braz, Vales Histoires du Pays Breton 1897, and La Legend de l'Amour Paris, 1902, Ernest Lavis, Histoire de France, Volume I Paris, 1903, Henry C. Aude sur les classes rurales en Bretigny au Moyen Age 1896, and les classes rurales en Bretigny du XVIE Cycle La Revolution 1906. Certain authorities count the father of this duke, another John of Montfort de 1445, among the Dukes of Brittany, and according to this enumeration the younger John becomes John V not John Ivy, and his successor John V I, and not John V Britain, John 1771-1857, English antiquary, was born on the 7th of July 1771 at Kingdon Street Michael, near Chippenham, his parents were in humble circumstances and he was left an orphan at an early age. At 16 he went to a London and was apprenticed to a wine merchant, prevented by ill health from serving his full term. He found himself adrift in the world, without money or friends. In his fight with poverty he was put to strange shifts, becoming cellarman at a tavern and clerk to a lawyer, reciting and singing at a small theatre, and compiling a collection of common songs. After some slight successes as a writer, a Salisbury publisher commissioned him to compile an account of Wilkshire and, in conjunction with his friend Edward Wedlake Braley, 
Britain produced the beauties of Wiltshire 1801, two volumes, a third added in 1825, the first of the series The Beauties of England and Wales, nine volumes of which Britain and his friend wrote. Britain was the originator of a new class of literary works, before his time, says Digby Wyatt, popular topography was unknown. In 1805 Britain published the first part of his Architectural Antiquities of Great Britain nine volumes, 1805-1814, and this was followed by Cathedral Antiquities of England 14 volumes, 1814-1835. In 1845 a Britain club was formed, and a sum of L1000 was subscribed and given to Britain, who was subsequently granted a civilist pension by Disraeli, then Chancellor of the Exchequer. Britain was an earnest advocate of the preservation of national monuments, proposing in 1837 the formation of a society such as the Modern Society for the Preservation of Ancient Monuments. Britain himself supervised the reparation of Waltham Cross and Stratford-on-Avon Church. He died in London on 1 January 1857. Among other works with which Britain was associated either as author or editor or historical account of Redcliffe Church. Bristol 1813 Illustrations of Fonthill Abbey 1823, Architectural Antiquities of Normandy, with illustrations by Pugin 1825-1827, Picturesque Antiquities of English Cities 1830, and History of the Palace and Houses of Parliament at Westminster 1834-1836, the joint work of Britain and Braley. He contributed much to the Gentleman's Magazine and other periodicals. His autobiography was published in 1850. A descriptive account of his literary works was published by his assistant T.E. Jones, Britain. The title of the earliest summary of the law of England in the French tongue, which purports to have been written by command of King Edward I. The origin and authorship of the work have been much disputed. It has been attributed to John Albreton, Bishop of Hereford, on the authority of a passage found in some emesis of the history of Matthew of Westminster. There are difficulties, however, involved in this theory inasmuch as the Bishop of Hereford died in 1275, whereas allusions are made in Britain to several statutes passed after that time, and more particularly to the well-known statute Quia Emptoris Terrarum, which was passed in 1290. It was the opinion of Selden that the book derived its title from Henry de Bracton, the last of the chief justiciaries, whose name is sometimes spelled in the fine rolls, Breton and Breton and that it was a royal abridgment of Bracton's great work on the customs and laws of England, with the addition of certain subsequent statutes. The arrangement, however, of the two works is different, and but a small proportion of Bracton's work is incorporated in Britain. The work is entitled in an early mis of the 14th century, which was once in the possession of Selden, and is now in the Cambridge University Library. Some of the legibus anglicuvocator Breton, and it is described as, a book called Breton, in the will of Andrew Horne, the learned chamberlain of the city of London, who bequeathed it to the chamber of the Guildhall in 1329, together with another book called Mirwardus Justices. Britain was first printed in London by Robert Redman, without a date, probably about the year 1530. Another edition of it was printed in 1640, corrected by Ewingate, a third edition of it, with an English translation, was published at the University Press, Oxford, 1865, by F. M. Nicoll. An English translation of the work without the Latin text had been previously published by Arcalum in 1762. Bridesiaske, or K from the Polish Brzyka, a diminutive of Brighta, a goods wagon, a form of carriage, copied in England from Austria early in the 19th century, 
as used in Poland and Russia it had four wheels, with a long wicker work body constructed for reclining and a calash-hooded top. BRIV, or BRIVs LAGAILLARDI, a town of south-central France, capital of an arrondissement in the department of Coraz, 62 meters SSE of Limoges on the main line of the Orléans Railway from Paris to Montauban. POP. 1906 Town 14.954, Commune 20.636. It lies on the left bank of the Coraz in an ample and fertile plain, which is the meeting place of important roads and railways. The insane which formerly surrounded the town has been replaced by shady boulevards, and a few wide thoroughfares have been made, but many narrow winding streets and ancient houses still remain. Outside the boulevards lie the modern quarters. Also the fine promenade planted with plane trees which stretches to the Coraz and contains the chief restaurants and the theater. Here also is the statue of Marshal Guillaume Marie and Brune, who was a native of Brief. A fine bridge leads over the river to suburbs on its right bank. The public buildings are of little interest apart from the Church of St. Martin, which stands in the heart of the old town. It is a building of the 12th century in the Romanesque style of Limousin, with three narrow naves of almost equal height. The ecclesiastical seminary occupies a graceful mansion of the 16th century, with a façade, a staircase and fireplaces of fine Renaissance workmanship. Breed is the seat of a subprefect V.04P.0619 and has a tribunal of first instance, a tribunal of commerce, a communal college and a school of industry. Its position makes it a market of importance, and it has a very large trade in the early vegetables and fruit of the valley of the Coraz, and in grain livestock and truffles, table delicacies, paper, wooden shoes, hats, wax and earthenware are manufactured, and there are slate and millstone workings and dye works. In the vicinity are numerous rock caves, many of them having been used as dwellings in prehistoric times. The best known are those of Lamero, excavated in stages in a vertical wall of rock, and four grotto chapels resorted to by pilgrims in memory of St. Anthony of Padua who founded a Franciscan monastery at Breve in 1226. Under the Romans Breve was known as Brevacurishie Bridge of the Coras. In the Middle Ages it was the capital of Lower Limousin, Brixenil, Bressanone, a small city in the Austrian province of Tyrol, and the chief town of the administrative district of Brixen. Pop. 1957-67. It is situated in the valley of the Isaac, at the confluence of that stream with the Rhen and is a station on the Brenner Railway, being 34 meters southeast of that pass, and 24 meters northeast of Boxen. The aspect of the city is very ecclesiastical, it is still the see of a bishop, and contains an 18th century cathedral church, an episcopal palace and seminary, 12 churches and 5 monasteries. The see was founded at the end of the 8th century possibly of the 6th century at Sabin on the rocky heights above the town of Cluzen some way to the south of Brixen but in 992 was transferred to Brixen, which, perhaps a Roman station, became later a royal estate, under the name of Prixnaw, and in 901 was given by Louis the Child to the bishop. In 1027 the bishop received from the Emperor Conrad I.I. very extensive temporal powers, which he only lost to Austria in 1803. The town was surrounded in 1030 by walls. In 1525 it was the scene of the first outbreak of the Great Peasants' Revolt. About 51 2 meters north of Brixen is the great fortress of Franzensfeste, built 1833-1838, to guard the route over the Brenner and the way to the east up the Pusterthal, W-A-B-C-B-R-I-X-H-A-N.
a seaport and market town in the Torquay Parliamentary Division of Devonshire, England, 33 meters as of Exeter, on a branch of the Great Western Railway, Pop, of Urban District 1901-8092. The town is irregularly built on the cliffs to the south of Torbay, and its harbor is sheltered by a breakwater. Early in the 19th century it was an important military post, with fortified barracks on Berry Head. It is the headquarters of the Devonshire Sea Fisheries, having also a large coasting trade, shipbuilding and the manufacture of ropes. Paint and sails are industries. There is excellent bathing, and Brixham is in favor as a seaside resort. St. Mary's, the ancient parish church, has an elaborate 14th century font and some monuments of interest. That the British Seamen's Orphans Home Boys are fed, clothed and trained as apprentices for the merchant service. A statue commemorates the landing, in 1688, of William of Orange, Brixham Cave, called also Windmill Hill Cavern, is a well-known Osifru's cave situated near Brixham, on the brow of a hill composed of Devonian limestone. It was discovered by chance in 1858, having been until then hermetically sealed by a massive limestone breccia. Dr. Hugh Falconer with the assistance of a committee of geologists excavated it. The succession of beds in descending order is as follows, one shingle consisting of pebbles of limestone, slate and other local rocks, with fragments of stalagmite and containing a few bones and worked flints. The thickness varies from 5 to 16 feet. Two red cavert with angular fragments of limestone, bones and worked flints, and having a thickness of 3 to 4 feet 3 remnants in situ of an old stalagmitic floor about 9 inches thick, 4 black peaty soil varying in thickness, the maximum being about a foot, 5 angular debris fallen from above varying in thickness from 1 to 10 feet, 6 stalagmite with a few bones and endlers of reindeer, the thickness varying from 1 to 15 inches, of particular interest is the presence of patches or ledges of an old stalagmitic floor, 3 to 4 feet above the present floor, on the underside, there are found attached fragments of limestone and quartz, showing that the shingle bed once extended up to it, and that it then formed the original floor. The shingle therefore stood some feet higher than it does now, and it is supposed that a shock or jar, such as that of an earthquake, broke up the stalagmite, and the pebbles and sand composing the shingle sunk deeper into the fissures in the limestone. This addition to the size of the cave was partially filled up by the cave earth. At a later period the fall of angular fragments at the entrance finally closed the cave, and it ceased to be accessible except to a few burrowing animals, whose remains are found above the second and newer stalagmite floor. The fauna of Brixham Cavern closely resembles that of Kent's Hole. The bones of the bear, horse, rhinoceros, lion, elephant, hyena and of many birds and small rodents were unearthed. Altogether 1621 bones, nearly all broken and gnawed, were found. Of these 691 belonged to birds and small rodents of more recent times. The implements are of a roughly chipped type resembling those of the Mousterian period. From these structural and paleontological evidences, geologists suppose that the formation of the cave was carried on simultaneously with the excavation of the valley, that the small streams, flowing down the upper ramifications of the valley, entered the western opening of the cave, and traversing the fissures in the limestone escaped by the lower openings in the chief valley, and that the rounded pebbles found in the shingle bed were carried in by these streams. It would be only at times of drought that the cave was frequented by animals, a theory which explains the small quantity of animal remains in the shingle. The implements of man are relatively more common, 17 chipped flints having been found, as the excavation of the valley proceeded, 
the level of the stream was lowered and its course diverted, the cave consequently became drier and was far more frequently inhabited by predatory animals. It was now essentially an animal den, the occasional visits of man being indicated by the rare occurrence of flint implements. Finally, the cave became a resort of bears, the remains of 334 specimens, in all stages of growth, including even sucking cubs, being discovered. See Sir Joseph Prestwich, Geology 1888, Sir John Evans, Ancient Stone Implements of Great Britain, page 512, Report on the Cave, Phil, Trans, Royal Society, 1873, BRIXDLN, a district in the south of London, England, included in the Metropolitan Borough of Lambeth QVBRIZ AUX, JULIANAUGUSDA College 1803-1858, French poet, was born at Lorient Morbihan on the 12th of September 1803. He belonged to a family of Irish origin, long settled in Brittany, and was educated for the law. But in 1827 he produced Happy Theatre Francais a one-act verse comedy, Racine, in collaboration with Philippe Bussoni. A journey to Italy in company with Auguste Barbier made a great impression on him, and a second visit 1834 resulted in 1841 in the publication of a complete translation of the Divina Commedia Interzerima. With Premel Elnola 1852 he included poems written under Italian influence, entitled El Sternires 1841 but in the rustic idol of Marie 1836 turned to Breton country life, in Els Bretons 1845 he found his inspiration in the folklore and legends of his native province, and until in Aurora 1844 he used the Breton dialect. His Histoires Poétiques 1855 was crowned by the French Academy. His work is small in bulk, but is characterized by simplicity and sincerity. Brizu was an ardent student of the philology and archaeology of Brittany and had collected materials for a dictionary of Breton place names he died at Macaulay on the 3rd of May 1858. His oeuvres completes two volumes, 1860 were edited with a notice of the author by St. René Talandier. Another edition appeared in 1880-1884 four volumes. A long list of articles on his work may be consulted in an exhaustive monograph. Brizu, Savayet Southeast Silvers 1898, by the Abbe Silasine, an ancient goddess worshipped in Delos. She delivered oracles and dreams to those who consulted her about fishery and seafaring. The women of Delos offered her presents consisting of little boats filled with all kinds of eatables with the exception of B.04P.0620 fish in order to obtain her protection for those engaged on the Sea of India is B.I. Page 335. Brooch. Or B.H.A.R.U.C.H. An ancient city and modern district of British India. In the northern division of Bombay, the city is on the right bank of the Nirbata, about 30 meters from the sea, and 203 meters in of Bombay. The area, including suburbs, occupies to 16 square meters pop. 1901-42.896. The seaborne trade is confined to a few coasting vessels. Handloom weaving is almost extinct, but several cob mills have been opened. There are also large flour mills. Broach is the Barakashbra of the Chinese traveler Suansem and the Baragaza of Ptolemy and Arin, upon the conquest of Gujarat by the Mohammedans, and the formation of the state of that name. Broach formed part of the New Kingdom, on its overthrow by Akbar in 1572. It was annexed to the Mughal Empire and governed by Anawad. The Marathas became its masters in 1685, from which period it was held in subordination to the Peshwa until 1772 when it was captured by a force under General Wedderburn brother to a Lord Labro, 
who was killed in the assault. In 1783 it was ceded by the British to Scindia in acknowledgement of certain services. It was stormed in 1803 by a detachment commanded by Colonel Whittington, and was finally ceded to the East India Company by Scindia under the Treaty of Sarji and Jangaon. The district of Broach contains an area of 1467 square meters consisting chiefly of the alluvial plain at the mouth of the river Nirbana. The land is rich and highly cultivated, and though it is without forests it is not wanting in trees. The district is well supplied with rivers, having in addition to the Nirbata the Mithi in the north and the Kin in the south. The population comprises several distinct races or castes, who, while speaking a common dialect, Gujarati, inhabit separate villages. Thus there are Koli, Kunbai or Vorobora villages, and others whose lands are almost entirely held and cultivated by high castes, such as Rajputs, Brahmins or Parsis. In 1901 the population was 291.763, showing a decrease of 15, compared with an increase of 5 in the preceding decade. The principal crops are cotton, millet, wheat and pulse, dealing in cotton is the chief industry, the dealers being organized in a guild. Besides the cotton mills in Broach City there are several factories for ginning and pressing cotton, some of them on a very large scale. The district is traversed throughout its length by the Bombay and Baroda Railway, which crosses the Nirbada opposite Broach City on an iron girder bridge of 67 spans. The district suffered severely from the famine of 1899-1900. Broach Ifar, Broach, Upwand Instrument, Med, Lat, Broca, Sif. The Latin adjective brochus or brocus, projecting, used of teeth, a word, of which the doublet, broach, qv has a special meaning, for many forms of plant instruments, such as a bodkin, a wooden needle used in tapestry making, a spit for roasting meat, and a tool, also called a, rhymer, used with a wrench for enlarging or smoothing whole sea tool, from the use of a similar instrument to tap casks, comes, to broach, or, tap, a cask. A particular use in architecture is that of broach spire, a term employed to designate a particular form of spire, found only in England, which takes its name from the stone roof of the lower portion, the stone spire being octagonal and the tower square on plan. There remained four angles to be covered over. This was done with a stone roof of slight pitch, compared with that of the spire, and it is the intersection of this roof with the octagonal faces of the spire which forms the brooch. Broadside sometimes termed broadsheet, a single sheet of paper containing printed matter on one side only. The broadside seems to have been employed from the very beginning of printing for royal proclamations, papal indulgences and similar documents. England appears to have been its chief home, where it was used chiefly for ballads, particularly in the 16th century, but also as a means of political agitation and for personal statements of all kinds especially for the dissemination of the dying speeches and confessions of criminals. It is prominent in the history of literature because, particularly during the later part of the 17th century, several important poems, by Dryden, Butler and others, originally appeared printed on the broadside of a sheet. The term is also used of the simultaneous discharge of the guns on one side of a ship of war, B-R-O-A-D-S-D-A-I-R-S, a watering place, in the Isle of Thunet Parliamentary Division of Count. England, 3 meters SE of Margate, on the southeastern and Chatham Railway, Pop, a urban district, Broadstairs and Street Peters 1901-64-66, from 1837 to 1851 Broadstairs was a favorite summer resort of Charles Dickens, who, in a sketch called, Our English Watering Place, 
described it as a place, left high and dry by the tide of years. This seaside village, with its semicircular sweep of houses, grew into a considerable town owing to the influx of summer visitors, for whose entertainment there are, besides the Albion, mentioned by Dickens, numerous hotels and boarding houses, libraries, a bathing establishment and a fine promenade. Dickens' residence was called Fort House, but it became known as Bleak House, through association with his novel of that name. Though this was written after his last visit to Broadstairs in 1851, Broadstairs has a small pier for fishing boats, first built in the reign of Henry VIII, an archway leading down to the shore bears an inscription showing that it was erected by George Calmer in 1540, and not far off is the site of a chapel of the Virgin, to which ships were accustomed to lower their topsails as they passed St. Peter's Parish, lying on the landward side of Broadstairs, and included in the urban district has a church dating from the 12th to the end of the 16th century, Kingsgate, on the North Foreland, north of Broadstairs on the coast, changed its name from Street Bartholomew's Gate in honor of Charles I.S. landing here with the Duke of York in 1683 on his way from London to Dover, Stonehouse.